everybody. Welcome to the Export. I'm Raven X, and alongside me, as always, is Biggie, aka Ethan Tate, aka somebody who I'm sure probably has March 20th circled on his calendar. How you doing today, Ethan? I'm good. Um, I want to say, first, first, I'm good. Tell me about it. That's uh, good. funny because it seems like what by the 20th they would have played the Mavericks in what four games yeah the game I went to then they played again this past Monday and then they played on 20th that's wild but we got a cool show for you guys today of course we are going to take a look at NFL free agency kind of do a a bit of a breakdown of some of our favorite and least favorite signings um, of the first few days, as well as look at some of the biggest trades around the NFL. Um, with regards to the NBA, we are going to discuss some of the biggest injury news ranging from KD, Zion, and Alonzo Ball, and then kind of finish things up discussing whether or not the Denver Nuggets should have to worry about the Lakers or the Warriors if they were to face them in the first round of the NBA playoffs. But before we get to any of that, please be sure to check out the export.net. I repeat the export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly in previous episodes of our lovely podcast, our YouTube channel entitled The Export and previous episodes of our lovely podcast. So let's go ahead and kick this off with this week's edition of the College Football Player Spotlight. And that is going to be set upon the Carolina Panthers trading up with the Chicago Bears to take the first overall pick in this year's draft. How did they do it? Well, they gave up the ninth overall pick, the 61st overall pick, a first round pick in 2024, a second round pick in 2025, and number one wide receiver, DJ Moore. So let's start things off from the Bears perspective. How do you like their um, their moves, whether it be from draft picks to get in uh, DJ Moore? How do you like this move for the Bears? Like 
Chase Claypool is a really good trio of wide receivers. Because I think you had now you kind of have the obvious number one in DJ Moore. Um, Daryl Mooney, he's he can serve that number two role. And then like uh, Chase Claypool can be a right of a three and be a big play guy when you need it every now and then. And you don't really have to put the pressure of him being like a number one wide receiver because I don't think that he'll ever be that. a lot from the bear side too at first like i told you i was kind of surprised that it was the panthers who did it um especially because we've heard so much about the colts wanting the quarterback and then the texans wanting one but i mean the panthers have something that neither of those teams have and they had a number one wide receiver they were willing to give up which is something that obviously the bears were going to try to get for justin Fields. so like you said i mean i love it and with how active they've been in free agency um, I think they've made a lot of good moves. I still think they need to get a tap offensive tackle. Um, I would prefer a veteran over a rookie, but I mean, like you said, at nine, they can still go that route. Um, also could get as more to that defensive line, but for the Bears, I love it. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and move on to the Panthers side of things. So reportedly it's come out that the Panthers could possibly trade back if they find a uh, quarter, if they find themselves like in multiple quarterbacks. So, for the same conversation, let's say they stand packed at first overall. What quarterback do you think they end up taking? <clears throat> Honestly, me too. And I understand bro had a terrific combine, crazy athletic, but game tape don't lie. And also, it's not like he's had a extensive starting experience so for me I would be a bit wary of taking him that high especially because let's be honest I really feel like you could have traded back like maybe trade up to three and still been able to get him um personally I would go the route of CJ Stroud over Anthony Richardson but at the end of the day I would not be shocked if Richardson was the first overall pick all right, let's go ahead and look at some league news, starting out of New England with uh, veteran safety uh, Devin McCourty announcing his retirement after 13 seasons. Congratulations to him on a terrific career, as well as causing me quite a bit of stress whenever the Patriots played Baltimore. Um, moving on to trades, it's been a lot. First, we're not going to really talk about this one much, but I called it in my first mock draft. I said I didn't think that the Patriots were going to keep John o. Smith and Hunter Hindley. Hunter Henry, and then boom, they traded John o. Smith to the Falcons, which I think was a solid move, especially considering the Falcons need a little bit more spark on offense. But let's talk about the big ones. Speaking of tight ends, Darren Waller is headed to New York for the third round pick. Who do you think won this trade? Because honestly, I'm going to say the Giants. Wouldn't shock me. Josh McDaniel seems like a low-key petty person. And so it would not shock me as well. Yeah, Giants definitely won this trade. Like you and I talked about, if you're going to give Daniel Jones that money, you got to give him some weapons. This is a great place to start. Uh, Darren Waller's, I would say, top six. He could easily change my mind and get back into that top five. But, I mean, still, it's very hard to find many uh, tight ends who are much better than him. So I like that move a lot. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Cowboys trading just a fifth round pick to get the services of cornerback uh, Stefan Gilmore. How do you like this move? I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's 
there's a diehard, lifelong individual that despises anything Dallas Cowboys. I hate it so much. Which is totally fair. I mean, like I said, I had to take off. I, well, I don't hate the Cowboys. I hate Cowboys fans. But I think everybody's kind of noticed that Trayvon Diggs is cool, but they have really struggled pairing him up with another corner who can make some plays. Stephon Gilmore, in my opinion, is still a top 10 to 12 cornerback in this league. And the fact that you were able to get him for a fifth-round pick, that's an absolute steal if you're the Cowboys. All right, and then finally, keeping things in the defensive backfield, the biggest trade to happen this offseason. We have cornerback Jalen Ramsey headed to the Dolphins for just a third-round pick, and a backup tight end, a.k.a. Hunter Long, headed to the Rams. Do you feel like now Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard are the best cornerback duo in the league? it's a great pairing but I like the combination of Diggs and Gilmore more and I'm going to explain why yes I agree with you I do think that we kind of gotten so used to Jalen Ramsey being terrific that last year seemed like abysmal I think he gave up like seven touchdowns um which was one of the most of his career if not the most but I mean he's still one of the top corners in the league I would of course top five I just don't trust Xavier Howard much. Like you said, like he's a boomer bust player. But what I will say about him is, like last year, I saw him get his butt kicked routinely. It was ugly. And it wasn't even up against like superstar players. Like Rashad Bateman got him on and on a go route that was so bad. Like I, it's just too many games where I've seen him get beat. And, of course, you get the Stephon Diggs. That's bound to happen. But I've seen Garrett Wilson do it. Like I said, Rashad Bateman. It got a bit – it happened a bit too much for me. And then, whereas with the Cowboys, one, they're younger in terms of Trayvon Diggs. I think that last year, even though it wasn't perfect, and, of course, he still had those moments when he got absolutely obliterated, I think it was better than his, what, 11 interception year, just because I think he was better overall in coverage. He didn't allow too many more plays to happen behind him. And then the same case with uh, Stefan Diggs, I think he was a bit more consistent. So I would kind of take their consistency over that of Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. But I mean, it's still no doubt that they're at worst, uh, Ramsey and Howard are top two cornerback duos. Unless, you know, Baltimore want to go crazy and bring some money in to play with Marlowe, then, you know, I'm all for that, too. But all right, let's go ahead and talk the first few days of free agency. Technically, free agency just opened up yesterday at 3 p.m. Central, but legal tampering has been going on since Monday, and thus it has been quite a few moves that have been made. So what we are going to do now, as we normally do, is pick some of our favorites, our least favorites, and then try to find some homes for some of the top remaining free agents out there. So... You got 
You want to alternate? You want to go? You want me to go? How would you like to start off our favorite moves? All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll start. At number five for me, I got running back Jamal Williams going to the Saints on a three-year, $12 million deal. One, I'm actually shocked that the Lions let him go, especially considering they brought in Dave Montgomery and are paying him more money. I just think Jamal Williams, not just because he's a really solid player, but he's just the energy he brings is immaculate. And I mean, considering just that presence and that personality in New Orleans, I think it's going to become one I think the Saints are creating one of the more fun offenses in the NFC to watch. Yep. All right. So moving on to number four, uh, I have offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. going to the Bengals on a four year, $64 million deal. I mean, first off, averaging out a deal that's what, 16 mil a year for a starting offensive tackle is pennies. I mean, we've seen so many of these guys make 20 plus. I just saw Tyron Smith just got his deal reworked to where he's making 17 mil, something like that. Um, Trent Williams is making a bag, of course. And even though I'm not exactly saying that Orlando Brown is on that level, the Bengals' offensive line has been terrible forever in three days. Jonah Williams is rough. Uh, Lyle Collins, was as he was starting to get better, he messed around and suffered an ACL tear, and I don't think he's going to be coming back. You bring in Orlando Brown. He didn't allow any sacks during the playoffs. He's a solid player, and he gets to keep your star player upright. I like this move a lot for the Bengals. hands down um all right number three I'm sticking on the offensive line and that's right tackle Mike McGlinchey going to the Broncos five-year 87.5 mil everybody and their mama knows how much I love my brother-in-law Russell Wilson and while he did not have a great season in Denver I will not deny it his offensive line was terrible between the injuries that 
brought in a whole bunch of backups to them always getting called with pre-snap penalties to them just not blocking in general. It was like my brother was back in Seattle running for his life. And I'm not going to say Michael Glitchy is a superstar right tackle, but he's a massive upgrade over what he had to work with on the right end, right side. So if you get to pair him and Garrett Bowles, who's coming off that torn ACL, I think you get two solid bookends. In addition, they brought in Ben Powers to play guard. Like what the Broncos are doing, trying to bring some more protection for my brother-in-law, who, as much as I love Joe, I want to see Russ have a great season more than I want to see Joe have a great season, especially coming off of what happened last year. So protect my brother. You know how much of a Russell Wilson fan I am. I love Russ. And then with just hearing everybody bash that man, and a good amount of it was fair. Based off last season, I want Russ to go crazy. But you got to keep him upright to do that. The fact that they were to get TJ Edwards that cheap is hands down one of the best deals of free agency. It may not personally be a favorite of mine, but that was a terrific deal by uh, Chicago. All right, my number two. I'm going to keep things in the same division. I have cornerback Cam Sutton going to the Lions, three-year, 33 mil. One, it takes away from the Pittsburgh Steelers, which, I mean, who doesn't love that? Because he was their best corner, hands down, but they didn't want to pay him, and the uh, Detroit Lions did. I mean, looking at their secondary, it's not terrible, but it's obvious that Cam Sutton was a necessary addition, put him in the slot. I think he could provide some valuable experience um, and provide some much-needed physicality back there. I'm not completely sold on Amari O, keeping that outside starting spot, and then Jeff Bakuda has been cool when he's played, but injuries have really hurt him, so I think bringing in Cam Sutton was a huge get for Detroit. Nah, nah, nah. You, you petty, too. Even though I feel like it's going to be, it's not going to be like a long, super long term move. But I think being able to break it in is you um, get feeling other pieces around that defense. And like, he's going to be a steady presence in the, on the defense. Um, I think that's very just basically give the openness of the division and how he could potentially open up even more. You're just our guy with Mark, please. Baltimore. So, yeah, and this one of my favorite, just a favorite, like my, one of my top 
book. I'll explain that. Talk about that a bit later. All right, my number one. Now, this is purely a personal one. And that's Levante David going back to Tampa on a one-year, $7 million deal. I understand Tampa may be in the midst of a rebuild. Honestly, right now, I don't even know anymore what they're doing. But they're bringing back key defensive players, Jamel Dean, who I feel like is their best corner. They brought him back on a four-year deal. And then you get to bring back still a top at worst seven or eight linebacker in this league in Levante David. I get that he's a bit up there in age. He's going to be 33, I believe, by the time the season starts. But, I mean, Levante David is a killer. He is a dog. And keeping him and Devin White together keeps, in my opinion, one of the best linebacker duos together and provides some much-needed consistency and continuity in this Bucks team that it seems like is going to be going through some transition, or at least offensively. So that's my favorite move so far. It's the San Francisco 49 signing Jamal Hargrave. Like, you pair that man with Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and Javon Kimball. And they also signed uh, Colin Farrell, which could be a good sneaky pick by signing. Like, that defensive line is insane. Feel you on that. All right, now let's get over to our least favorite picks. You can start us off. What's number five for you? Least favorite picks. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I gotta go with the book the book sign back Yeah, we're we're actually in agreement. That's what I had at number five too. Like, I I get it, and it makes sense, but it's just like. I think how much more of an upgrade is he over Kyle Trask? I know we haven't seen much Kyle Trask lately, if at all, but it's like, I don't know if it's worth it if I'm the Bucks. Like, honestly, I think you could just draft somebody for cheaper. And it doesn't necessarily have to even be in the first round and then just kind of go from there. So, yeah, I actually agree with you. I don't love that move. All right, what about at four? Exactly. That was my biggest confusion point because Dave Montgomery was fine, but I would say that I would say overall Dave Montgomery is a better running back. But for what the role that they used Jamal Williams for, he was better, and he had like you say he was more of a locker room presence. So it made no sense to me. But I I get it. I just don't love it. Uh, for me at four, uh, this is where I have defensive tackle Javon Hargrave to the Forty ers it's not that I don't like him being there. I like the move, but four year, 84 mil for a player over 30, that's a bit rich, especially considering you got other contract extensions that are going to be coming up, whether it be Brandon Ayuk, whether it be trying to figure out, let's say Trey Lance goes crazy this year and proves to be the start. You got to end up paying him. You got to end up paying uh, Nick Bosa coming up, uh, Tufango, their safety is coming up. It's a lot of other moves that the 49ers are going to be making. 
And they still have to add to their offensive line because they just lost their starting right tackle. They could potentially lose their starting left tackle if Trent Williams decides to retire. So I like the addition. I just don't like the price. Yep. I'm going to say the Houston Jason side takes it. Like, why? I kind of get it. I guess you could play the um, Chase Daniel Rose. I'm just like, why is he still in the NFL? Back up, I mean, would you rather than get Jimmy G? Because apparently they really wanted Jimmy G. I mean, I don't think Jimmy G is going to go up against him with that chance. I think Jimmy G is more of a starter than a backup still. But, like, I feel like you could have gotten somebody other than Case Keenum to be a That's It'll be interesting because what Case Keenum, if he sticks on the roster, Davis Mills, if he sticks on the roster, and then a rookie. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that uh I'm interested in how the Texas offense is gonna look as a whole. Uh my number three, wide receiver Jacoby Myers going to the Raiders on a three-year $33 million deal. After Darren Waller got traded, this move made a bit more sense. But it's still like looking at their wide receiver core now, it's uh Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Oh my gosh, Hunter Renfro. I don't hate this group, but honestly, what more does Jacoby Myers do than Mac Collins? Like, Jacoby Myers is a good route runner, but if I was going to look at a $33 million that the Raiders could be spending, I'd rather bring back Collins on like a 4 or $5 million deal and then use that money on a corner or a safety, or just anything on the defensive side of the ball. So I understand that McDaniels has familiarity with Myers, so I'm sure that probably played a role in it. But overall, I just don't like this move. sense of like Brandon Cooks he's gonna get traded I would take Brandon Cooks any day of the week over Jacoby Myers so yeah no didn't didn't love that um all right you're number two
I'll say this. If I'm, I still stand on if you take Anthony Richardson, you're doing yourself a disservice trying to make him start week one. Like, I don't think he should start his rookie year. And so if that's the direction that they go and then they play Andy Dalton, I think it makes sense. But if you get somebody, like if they got like a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud, who I feel like would be more ready to start week one, that's when I'm like, oh, I don't love it. But it for me, it just for that, it just depends who they end up drafting. All right, here's my number two. Uh, tight end Josh Oliver to the Vikings on a three-year, $71 million deal. First and foremost, at best, Josh Oliver, when he was in Baltimore, was made plays every few games. He was fine. If you ask any Baltimore fan, you ask who was the tight end that people were looking to not name Mark Andrews, it was Isaiah Likely. Now, Josh Oliver made some plays, and he was a solid blocker overall, but the fact you're giving him a $21 million deal, seven mil a year on average, is insane if you're Minnesota. Especially, again, you look at what this team needs on defense. You're losing Patrick Peterson. You wave Cam Dantzler. You just lost Eric Kendricks. And you use that money that could have been used on any of those positions of need on a backup tight end. Like, I understand they've kind of struggled at the position. Like, obviously, TJ Hawkinson is the man, and rightfully so. But it's just like, I feel like you could have found a better backup cheaper. Because I don't trust Josh Oliver to really be that dude. Like, if, God forbid, TJ Hawkinson gets hurt, Josh Oliver ain't giving you 100 yards. If you get 50, I'd be shocked. But the fact that the Vikings were so amped to do it, it just, yeah, it, it was not, it wasn't a good move to me. All right, what was your number one least favorite move of free agency so far? actually gonna be like one of the believable or buffoonery questions of if Aaron Rodgers is worth the headache for the Jets and we can kind of low-key just answer that now because Aaron Rodgers like you said he said he wants to play for the Jets and he's claimed that there wasn't a wish list I feel like even if it wasn't exactly a quote-unquote wish list I feel like the Jets are trying to do whatever they can to make Aaron Rodgers want to come and so even if they don't bring in Odell, I could still see them going after a Randall Cobb. I could still see them going after a Mercedes Lewis. And then at that point, if you're the Jets, you have to pay Aaron Rodgers 60 mil this year unless he restructures his deal. 
You just gave Al Lazard 44 mil. Not to mention however much money, let's say you give to Lewis or Cobb. Then you still have to give trade compensation away to the Packers in order to bring Aaron Rodgers there. And the caveat is you don't even know if you're going to have this man for two seasons. All in all, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. No. So, it's a no from, I don't think it's worth it. I genuinely do not think it's worth it. Because let's say, they say, all right, we'll do it, we'll do it, we'll bring him in. At best, I think they get to the divisional round. Even with Aaron Rodgers, I don't think that they are a Super Bowl contender. No. And the New England's always competitive. Yes. You got to give up way less to get him. season. He can mess around and win Super Bowl MVP, lead this team where they want to go. Because if you're the Jets, I get it. You watch last season, I'm sure everybody and their mama would agree the Jets were a quarterback away from making the playoffs. I would agree with that. I think that's true. Do I think they're a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl with that roster? Absolutely not. Playoffs, sure. They could go. But I just, I don't, I don't think it's worth it. And I think it's at some point it's going to happen. I just wonder if I'm the Packers, low-key, they're at a bit of a disadvantage because I feel like if they don't trade them, Aaron Rodgers is going to retire and you get nothing for him. And let's be honest, nobody else is trying to get Aaron Rodgers. It's literally only been the Jets who have been doing all this to try and get him. And so it's like, if you're the Packers, do you want to get something or nothing? It may not be multiple first-round picks like it's being reported. It may not be everything. But at least you would get something as opposed to getting nothing. But I do get the Jets standpoint of I'm doing all these changes trying to appease this dude. The least I, I give you a two. I understand I want to get multiple ones. It's a point it's 
And then you're screwed. You are basically screwed. And then you're back in the same boat of what am I doing with Zach Wilson? Am I trying to bring somebody in? I don't think it's worth it. Honestly, if I'm the Jets, I'm like, hey, I'll give y'all one for this year. And that's it. That's all I got. If you say no to that, screw it. I'll figure it out. Like I said, I'm calling. Maybe I'll call for Tannehill. Maybe I'll try to get Matthew Stafford to hell. Maybe I'll just put all my chips in the basket, go after Lamar. Because honestly, I don't think really anybody's going to be going after Lamar, especially after the moves that have been made across the league. So, yeah, no. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it. Oh, but before we move on, my least favorite uh, free agent pick, obviously, should not be a shock. Uh, it's purely personal. Patrick Peterson to the Steelers because I get it. Steelers are a historical, historic franchise, historically great defense, blah, blah, blah. Why would you want to finish your career there? Go to New Orleans. Or you're from Florida. Go somewhere in Florida. Why do you want to go to Pittsburgh? I don't care. Why you got to be in my – why you got to go to that team? The only worst team he could have went to was the uh, Cowboys. Like, why? Why is this where you want to be? There's so many more fun places to go than Pittsburgh. But I'm still going to love you and root for you when you're not playing Baltimore. But it's so funny how he, I know it was a joke when he was like, he was hoping he could get seven. I don't like Ben Wapeless Burger, but you know, good and well, nobody is ever wearing seven to get in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that you mention it. It's how many teams have like officially announced retiring a number, like in the NFL. It's not that common. Cause ball, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Cause Baltimore hasn't officially retired fifty two and twenty, but you you just know nobody's ever gonna wear those numbers again. So it's rare that teams just say, "Hey, nobody's ever wearing this." Like nobody's gonna wear twelve in New England. So maybe it's just like a quiet is like everybody knows that they just haven't officially done it. I don't know. It's weird. I think I think the Colts retired 18. But it's rare that numbers are just outright retired. All right, let's go ahead and try to play matchmaker. There are still quite a few big name free agents on the market. Let's go ahead and try to find them some teams. Starting on offense, we have running back Ezekiel Elliott. I think the Chargers will be a good fit. What about you? I can see that. Uh, wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. I hate to say it, but I still think he ends up on the Cowboys. I'm gonna with that would be that. Would, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. All right, next up, uh, tight end Mike Jasicki. I have the Houston Texans. All right, my main man, um, Calais Campbell, Baltimore released him to save Cap. I think he comes back to Baltimore just on a cheaper deal, or at least Lord knows I'm hoping he does. All right, Yannick Ngakwe, another talented uh, defensive end. I have the Arizona Cardinals. I, Lord knows they need help on that defense. Uh, I'm going to say... 
I want to say the Panthers. I don't know what they cast was looking like though. That's a good point. Him and uh, I'm surprised they haven't tried to bring in a receiver, honestly. True. Cause they got what Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders, but I mean, and I love me some Terrace Marshall. LSU boys, we up, but it's what him and Lavisca Chenault, and I actually don't even know who the rest of their receivers are off the top of my head. No, no, they don't want to trade them in the. They don't want to trade them in the conference. No, no, don't do that. I hope they don't. Uh, Bobby Wagner, I'm boring. I think he goes back to Seattle. Leonard Floyd, sack artist. I know his Steelers fans probably want Bud Dupree. I get it, but I think Leonard Floyd is a clear upgrade, even if he will be a bit more expensive. Of course you are, because you're a Steelers fan. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, a player you're quite familiar with back in your Seahawks fandom days. I think the Raiders will be a good move for the corner. Uh, I think I would say Indianapolis since they lost Gil. That's true. Low-key, Indianapolis has done not much. And so when Bleach Report called them a winner, I didn't get it. I, yeah, I didn't get it. Because what? They kept... Uh, EJ Speed, who's a linebacker, and yeah, but I mean they're not doing nothing with that cap space, and they still got to pay him at least twelve mil fully guaranteed next year, which was brilliant on his part. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the call, especially, and then you factor in what the hell are they gonna do at quarterback? Yeah, but let's be honest at. Carolina, I mean not Carolina, Arizona's going to trade back because somebody's going to want to pick the third quarterback. And so then you're pretty much, unless you try to trade up, essentially you're going to get the fourth best guy. I mean, maybe they like, maybe they three, five, four quarterbacks. Uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Yeah. So it could be one of those things where like we kind of see it, like let's say Carolina does take Anthony Richardson, and then the Texans take uh, either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Whoever trades up, they get, uh, they take either CJ Stroud or Will Levis. And then you're still left with a, because people are talking about Will Levis could have been a number one pick. So. Which also is a joke. But, so I've been seeing this, and I just want to know your thoughts. Let's say you are the Colts, and you don't want to run the risk of getting the fourth best guy, quote-unquote, or a guy you don't love. Do you take that risk with the fourth overall pick, or do you try to get Lamar? I would try to get Lamar. I would, too. Because my thing is, is like, he's a proven, like, a very well-proven commodity. Like, he won MVP, and he's still, granted, I don't know, people talk about his play style, things of that nature, but he's still incredibly young. And just, in my opinion, the thought of him and Jonathan Taylor in the back, same backfield is scary as crap. I think that he has a good offensive line, and, of course, him and Jonathan Taylor would be great together. It becomes the same question that was asked in Baltimore. Who is he going to throw the ball to? That's true. But then again, that'd be an Indianapolis problem, and at least we got a good defense. Colts can't really say the same, especially after trading 
Stephon Gilmore, who was awesome last year. But again, that's a them problem. All right, last player, uh, Safety John Johnson, last with the Cleveland Browns. I think he goes back to the Los Angeles Rams, especially because Lord knows their secondary is barren right now. Um, they re-signed uh, Donovan Wilson. Okay. They still need a safety, though, but they did do that. I still can see them. If they can't, like, say they can't make a splash That'd be a good move. All right, let's go ahead and play a quick game of believable or buffoonery. I don't think at any point in this conversation we have mentioned the Jacksonville Jaguars, but let's be honest, they probably got the best wide receiver who would have been available this year in Calvin Ridley, who um, earlier this week it was announced that he was reinstated by the NFL following his gambling suspension. And in a story he did for the Players' Tribune, he said, if I'm healthy with Trevor Lawrence, I'm giving Jacksonville a 1,400-yard season, period. I don't doubt that he could do it. I think it. I think he. it's believable to say that he would have the best season of his career with Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think, because I'm trying to think, who was their best wideout last year? Technically, yes. And he's better than Christian Kirk, for sure. Yeah. See fourteen, especially with how much of a passing league it is, I can see it happening. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the West Coast. Um, earlier this week, at first, it was announced that Austin Eckler had requested a trade after uh, extension talks between him and the Chargers did not go through, and. Most recently, it was announced that the Chargers have uh, given him the opportunity to talk to other teams and possibly seek a trade of his own. Believable or buffoonery, the Chargers will be making the right move trading Austin Eckler. I'm going to say buffoonery is best, depending upon what they do after trading. Um, because I think, like, Austin Eckler is a dual threat running back, but I do think in order for the charges to kind of get where people, where they want, where fans think they can go and where they want to go, they're going to need some semblance of a ground game. And if you trade Austin Eckler and you don't get like a good back or a decent back that can at least produce like a thousand yards, I think it's a bad move because it makes you very one-dimensional. And granted, Justin Herbert is a made, is a really talented quarterback. But anytime you're a team and you're one-dimensional, like you might, case in point, like the Bills, they put up numbers in the regular season. But well, every time you get to the playoffs, they get put out. Yeah. I'm going to say buffoonery, mainly because you look at that offense when both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen was out. It was an Austin Eckler show. Like he's been a touchdown machine for years. But this past year, he just was in overdrive. And I mean, I get it. He's not a traditional ground and pound running back. He's not going to pound a defense into submission, but he's still a terrific receiver out of the backfield. He's very shifty. He's very elusive. He is one of the hardest running backs in the league to shut down just because he can hurt you in a multitude of different ways. And so because of that, I if I'm the Chargers, I don't want to lose that, especially because I think his skill set is so unique. I don't... I think the only running backs who you could get who could give you that same production or at least 
as close is if you get somebody like Christian McCaffrey or maybe Alvin Kamara. I think that Austin Eckler's style is incredibly unique and you don't want to lose that. Because like you said, let's say you do trade him and then you're not getting somebody of that caliber. You're not getting somebody who is as elusive. And there's somebody who's struggling to get 100 yard, I mean, 100 yard games. That's not going to work because you can't pass the game ball all game and expect to have success. It's not real. So I'm going to call buffoonery. All right, last question. Taking things to the college ranks, as we know, last couple years, NLI, uh, I mean, NIL rules have allowed players to get paid for their name and image likeness. However, it has gotten a bit out of control, so much so that head coach of the Alabama Crimson Time, Nick Saban said, I would much rather us adopt the NFL model than be where we are now. So believable or buffoonery, college football needs a salary cap. I think it's believable. Yeah, because I mean, you know, the college football game wants to be like have any sense of parity, um, yeah, parity or like competitiveness. You're going to have to do something like that because you look up every year and it's like Alabama, Ohio State, maybe Clemson, depending on who they have at quarterback. You're going to throw LSU on there and you would get like a Cincinnati. Or in Michigan, that's kind of like in the or a TCU, but like at the end of the day, or in Georgia, let me not forget about Georgia. But at the end of the day, it's essentially like you pretty much know the national championship is more than likely going to go to Alabama, at least right now, Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like even then, like. Because right now, money is just being thrown around. And that's cool. College football players, well, college athletes in general absolutely deserve to get paid. But it's like, like you said, these big schools, the ones that can, um, what's it called? The schools that can, has the big boosters and donors that can give these players 10 mil and Lambos and all that jazz. Of course, they're going to get the players because people want to play for them. I think that by having a salary cap, it makes it more fair across the board. So, yeah, I I agree with you. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our NBA updates, starting with our Mamba Players of the Week. Coming out of the Western Conference, I was kind of stuck between two players. And you know what? Based off last night, I'm going to go De'Aaron Fox. I think he earned it. Shot over 70% from the field, had over 40 points. I'm I'm going De'Aaron.
he cursed in the interview. It was kind of along the lines of like, oh, he said something about the, when they beat the Warriors or something. And he was like, I don't give a fuck who he played. And I was like, oh, that was the uh, Clippers game, the one that went yeah, double that's overtime. Right, that's right. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, he coming like that. And then he had another interview when he said something similar. Then like with Mike Brown when he said like, uh, what he said about the team or like, I don't care. We'll go. We we'll go at anybody. Right. And like I like that type of energy. Like they never back down. Like we're here type energy. But yeah, De'Aaron's definitely he been hooping and he he deserves this week too. Yeah, definitely deserves it. All right. Um, I'm guess that's your Western Mamba too. Yeah. All right, Eastern Mamba. I have. You know, I'll save that statement for later. I got Joel Embiid, hands down. By the way, happy birthday to the process. Yeah, Joel Embiid, and I'm not gonna lie, with this recent surge, he might be getting the MVP. I hope he does. I really hope he does. I hope this the year. Um, all right, Ricky Mamba, I'm not gonna lie to you. Technically, I'll admit, I think that Jabari Smith is more deserving, but. I did see David Roddy have a career high this past Saturday against the Mavericks, drop what, 27, I believe, and got the team to dub. So he's going to be my uh, rookie mom of the week. No, nah, in my opinion, I don't care. It has to be David Roddy. Like, the way, and I understand it's the Mavs without, whatever, can I read without Luka? But, like, I was watching the game with eight, um, and it was like, we both are like, bro, move so uh prior to well not necessarily prior to but even after this uh trade of Kyrie Irving to the Phoenix Suns it was reported that the Lakers still had interest of possibly bringing him in this upcoming offseason however D'Angelo Russell has been kind of playing lights out so much and since he's wanted to be in LA the Lakers definitely have a decision of better whether to bring him back or bring in Kyrie. Though most recent reports came out that they're kind of leaning towards going D'Lo. If you're the Lakers, what do you do? Ride the hide hand with D'Lo, or are you going ahead and you're going to try to bring in Kyrie to pair him with LeBron? I think it's a
with especially with LeBron being in his later years, um, and like him having the ability, not having the ability to necessarily carry a team like he has in the past. I would say if you get if you're getting rid of AD, go Kyrie. If you keep AD, I would keep D Lo. Uh, because he's a guy that you can get for cheaper than Kyrie. Obviously, he's not the caliber of player that Kyrie is, but he can put up similar production as Kyrie, and he still also fits what you need around LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah, I agree with you. Not to mention he's younger, and I think that, for lack of a better word, I think he's a bit hungrier than Kyrie is, just because I feel like he feel like he has a point to prove, especially because in those latter times with Minnesota, people were talking down on him and like, not sure if he was still the same guy or if he really could be that dude he was in his better years with the Nets and et cetera. And I think he's starting to show that he can be that dude. He's getting the opportunity to be that guy right now. And so, yeah, I would agree with you um, in terms of D'Lo. All right. Um, and other big news, um, not even 72 hours ago, there were questions about if even Ja was going to even play again this season. The NBA dispelled that um, when it was announced that Ja Morant was going to be suspended for eight games without pay for conduct detrimental to the league. He would be able to return March 20th when they play again the Dallas Mavericks. So he may not be playing. At least we know he's going to be coming back um, at some point. How long do you think it's going to take for Ja to be jogging? That if you know what I'm saying. I think he's definitely gonna have to take some. He's gonna, he's gonna take him like maybe. Um, he's definitely gonna have to get like some conditioning and things in maybe. But I don't think it's gonna take that long because like charges. There's very few people in the NBA that I could look up and be like, hey, you can just throw them on the court and they can be that dude. But Jaws one of like. John kind of gives off, he, he gives off the vibe, like, he's a, just a hooper. Yeah. And it's not like, he, he loves to hoop. It's not like he does it because it's his job and he gets paid millions to do it. So, like, I can see John coming back whenever his first game and having, like, 25 and 70. And looking like, Yeah, I can see. I don't think it's going to take crazy long either, especially because it's not like he's been gone that long like has it been what this all shook out last week right i think last week because he did okay so he didn't play he didn't play all of last week and then I think when did they play the Nuggets? When was that? That was last week. Was that last? I think it was the week before last. Let me see. I got Cause I know last week, um, because I went to the game on Saturday. They played the Warriors on Thursday, which was the game that he missed. They played the Nuggets on the third, so that was like two weeks ago. Yeah, and then so he was suspended. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be about four, three, four weeks. Yeah, 
Got time in the pool. He didn't play the game for the last game. I think it was that Nuggets game. It was that Nuggets game. So let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So he technically already missed eight games. Yeah. And so they're just going to add a few more. I mean, because technically he'll be back on the court in four days, technically. So that ain't bad. Um, all right, but yeah, I don't think it's going to take crazy long either. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and look at some injury news. This one hurts out of Chicago. Um, it's there's a growing possibility that a uh, Bulls guard Lonzo Ball will need a third surgical procedure on his left knee that could require another six months of recovery and rehab. Needless to say, he's not playing this season. If he plays next season, it's not going to be for a long while. So prayers up to him throughout his recovery process. Now, the next two definitely are more bigger talking points. Starting off with Zion Williamson, who was expected to be back around this time. However, he has suffered a significant setback to his recovery, and he is reportedly not close to a return. You and I talked about this off the air in terms of when we thought he was going to come back, if he was going to come back, and I still stand on, I don't think he's going to come back. I mean, right now, the Pelicans are the 12th seed. I would... I, they're not eliminated from playoff contention by any means, but expecting the Timberwolves, the Mavs, the Thunder, and the Lakers to fall off enough to get them in the play-in, I don't think that's going to happen. And then with it only being a few more games left, what, it's, what, 12, 13 more games left? I don't think they're going to risk him. I don't think he's going to play again this season. Now, you're a Zion fan. How do you feel about this latest injury news? Because, of course, coming in, everybody was talking about his diet. He needs to lose weight. Everybody thought that would be a solution. And now here we are again with him missing significant time. As a Zion fan, how is that to deal with? It is what it is. Yeah, true. I mean, I definitely hate it. Like, he came back. He obviously was in, like, way better shape. And he was playing phenomenal. Um, so, like, to see him go down with an injury and, you know, like, lose significant time again, even when he was in tremendous shape, like, it's just one of the things like, where it's, like, I feel like it is what it is. Like, hopefully, prayerfully, he can have, like, a season or a string together seasons where he can stay healthy, at least relatively healthy. But, like, I think this just kind of falls into the category of, like, hey, it's just might happen every once in a while when you lose time to an injury. How worried for Zion are you? Like, not that all of a sudden, oh, nobody's going to take a chance, but, like, do you think this is going to be a thing where every year he's going to miss significant time due to injury, or do you think that the Pelicans are going to try to put him on, like, what I like to call a Kawhi Leonard diet where he doesn't play back-to-backs, he misses at least a game or two a week just because they want to pretty much bubble wrap him to keep him from getting hurt again? Um, I can see that happening. That's good. Like, he's in a, he, it is hard because it's like, he's an incredibly unique player. Like, Zion is 6'6", 
anywhere between 250 to 270. Then, like, to move as fast as he can move and to jump and explode and spin the right there, explode. Like, I'm not, I'm honestly not surprised that these injuries are happening because you think about it, like, in context, Zion is built and athletic wise, he's more similar to a football player than he is a basketball player. Yeah. And, like, you see guys that can, you see football players get, like, random nagging injuries all the time because they're incredibly large men that are moving and cutting at incredibly fast speeds. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Kevin Durant. As most of you probably know, he suffered a freak ankle sprain during warmups uh, before a game. And it's reported that he's going to be out for at least the next two to three weeks. And his loss has already been felt on the Phoenix Suns. When he played, they were 3-0. and As of the last five games, they are 1-4. and Of course, KD is expected to be coming back soon. He should be back by the playoffs. But... How worried are you for the Suns right now? I mean, they're right, the fourth seed right now, so it's not like they're totally collapsing, but where do you stand on? Are you, do you feel as strongly about the Suns being the top tier of the West now, or has that kind of waned a bit? Well, I mean, I think that right way going to be, um, like, the Nuggets are, the Nuggets, the the Kings are like the surprise team that nobody was expecting. The Grizzlies are like the good, like the team that they've shown to be without their best player, but they're still able to stay afloat. I think the thing with the Suns is like as long as they can, for one, they're still playing with the same court that they went to the finals. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, like they still have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, and when you have those three guys, even, like, you can still stay afloat. And I think it's just one of those things where it's like they might end up hovering over the third or fifth seed in the playoffs uh, in the rest, you know, um, during the season. And then when the playoffs get, you get KD back and you carry him with the rest of those guys. And, like, who, who knows what can happen when you do that? Yeah, I'm not really uh, tripping either. Um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Mainly because it's not like they had KD for months. Like, like is uh, like he's only been there three games, so I wouldn't read too too much into it yet. I mean, now if this becomes they just lose every game here on out, then okay maybe. But as of right now, I don't think it's I don't think it's worth losing too much sleep over. It's still too much time left, and I mean, like I said, it's not like a really significant injury. Like you can come back from an ankle sprain, so. I wouldn't trip off of it too much. All right, last piece before we play our game of Believable or Buffoonery, because everything is becoming a TV show nowadays. Um, It's coming out that the Sterling Affairs is set to debut soon, which essentially is going to be a TV show based around the drama of Donald Sterling, former Clippers owner, and the recordings, racist recordings that came out from him. Um, and how the Los Angeles Clippers responded. Lawrence Fishburne is going to be in it, who was a terrific actor. Also, I cannot remember this brother's name, but if you watch P Valley, he's on there. He's playing Chris Paul. I can't, I'd be lying if I said if I knew who the rest of these people were. But will you be tuning in? Do you think this will be a good show? 
Uh, I think I, I just sent it to you. It's gonna be a mini series. I feel you because I tried watching one in time and I just could not get through it. But I still need to watch the Lakers documentary, the one on Hulu. I just got to emotionally prepare myself because I know I'll be crying like a baby when they like get to Kobe. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'm going to watch it, but it'll be interesting. I'm sorry, the good dude they casted to play Blake Griffin is just. <laughs> Casting is interesting. I just wonder how it's going. Like, what story are y'all really trying to tell? Because it was a big deal, but I don't know if it was a big enough deal to get a TV show, if that makes sense. So I don't think I'm going to be watching, but hopefully other people do. All right, let's go ahead and play our game of believable or buffoonery. Kyrie Irving says a lot of stuff. Everybody knows this. And in a most recent um, stream he did over Twitch, he talked about a multiple of different topics, one of which being the concept of sports betting, which he said sports betting has taken away the purity and the fun from the game of basketball, which I think is believable. I do think that sports betting has definitely changed watching sports from being just a fun thing to more so being a commodity. Um, which I mean, it already always has been, but I think because it's just so frequent and prevalent now, it makes it a little less fun. Like people aren't just watching games to have fun. It's now like, oh my gosh, I need to hit my parlay. I need this. I need that. Instead of just being able to sit back and enjoy. So I agree with Kyrie. I feel that because I'm not spent. If I'm making a bet, it has to be something I know for a fact is going to happen. And in sports, it's so unpredictable. We don't know anything. Like you cannot, you and I, we both huge sports fans. We can talk all day about sports, but we can't predict anything. We don't know what's going to happen at a given game, at a given time, etc. We just don't know. And so me personally, I feel you like I'm not about to just put my money up and then just to lose it. And I'm sure after you get that one win, it's like probably like gambling at a casino. Once you get that one win, you win you some money. You kind of like, hey, I could do this. But then you keep doing and doing and doing. It's like you're trying to chase that high or chase that that win you got. And I don't know. I just don't think it's worth it. So I do agree with Kyrie. But it, I feel like sports betting, like you said, it was a bit inevitable. Everybody knew it was going to happen at some point. 
All right, let's go ahead and move on to King James, a player who I'm sure quite a few people have bet money on. A former teammate, J.R. Smith, spoke on what it was like playing on a team with LeBron and said, it's a gift and a curse playing with LeBron. I love Bron to death and I love playing on his team because for me, I feel like I thrive more under pressure, but a lot of guys don't like it. So believable or buffoonery, LeBron James is one of the hardest players in the league to play with. I think it's believable. It's not even our state. I know it. Yeah. When you, when you think about it from the context of this, LeBron is one of three, but in most cases, two people that's argued is the greatest of all time. So when you put it into context of like Kelvin being in that argument, they're also going to put a lot of tremendous pressure on their teammates. So, like, we go down the road, if we go down the rabbit hole of talking about championships, yes, winning a championship in basketball is a team sport, but for the argument of the GOAT, we're always going to say LeBron has four, Jordan has six, and Kobe has five. Like, we rule out the teammates, but you need the teammates to win those. And, like, even... In years, like we've seen in years past, like when LeBron went to Miami, everybody was crucifying, including myself as a LeBron fan, everybody was crucifying Chris Boston at one point. Yeah. And then we all know about the whole infamous JR meme against Golden State. So, like, that is a, like, in my mind, that is 100% believable because when you're playing with somebody that arguably is. They can be argued as one of the greatest players of all time. It's going to be a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I mean, not only that, but the job security really ain't there. And unless he really likes you, like, you could be on your way out. And, yeah, just between the pressure and between the expectations of winning. Because at the end of the day, everybody knows LeBron is that guy. But, for example... The Cleveland Cavaliers, when uh, Kyrie and uh, when Kyrie left, that team was horrible. Team was terrible, and yet they continued to go to the finals. You know, everybody named Mama. Yeah, LeBron lost, but his team sucks. It's a you're eating a quite a lot of flat. Even if you don't do nothing wrong, if LeBron's not winning, you're catching the strays from it. You're catching a whole bunch of hell for it. So yeah, I. I think it's definitely up there. All right, continuing on the conversation of Lakers. Last week, my main man, Pau Gasol, got his jersey retired, and rightfully so. It was really beautiful. If you haven't listened to his speech, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, But during that event, uh, Anthony Davis spoke on one of his own jersey retired by the Lakers and said, that's a huge honor to be up there with the greats, and he deserves it, speaking of Pau. The list of big men that came to this organization dominated and left their mark. It's hard not to think about it. Obviously, I want to be in that group. I think it's probably safe to say that right now. No, not probably. It's safe to say he's not in that group right now. But believable or buffoonery, when it's all said and done, Anthony Davis will have his jersey retired by the Lakers. I'm going to call buffoonery. That's like... Mainly because look at the awesome and great players who have played for L.A. and they still didn't get their jersey retired. A.D., you got to do a lot more than that. Also, 
con- this ain't a controversial opinion. There is no way LeBron should get a statue outside of uh, Staples slash Crypto.com. I understand Matt Barnes. Like, LeBron's a great player, but there's no way in hell. Let's no, get. This, this statue got another tweet. Yeah. Or at least it's either Cleveland or Miami. Yeah. Or, like, I think. I'll say this, uh, Miami and Cleveland are obviously going to retire his jerseys. The, I don't know if the Lakers are going to. Personally, I don't think the Lakers should, but I could. I would get it just because he's one of the greatest players of all time, like, fair. But he shouldn't get no statue. All right, last but kind of least, Paul Pierce, a player who y'all all know. I don't like my least favorite player of all time, and most of the time I think he talks a lot of crap that makes no sense. However, this... Most recent statement may have some merit. Um, While on his podcast with Kevin Garnett, he discussed the Denver Nuggets, who are currently the top seed in the West, and said, I think Denver is most likely out of the top three seeds to get popped in the first round. If the Nuggets see the Lakers, if they see Golden State, they're going to get popped in the first round. For the first time, I might actually agree with Paul Pierce. I do think that it's likely that they could get knocked out early. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap with this. You know my answer is about to be somewhat long with it. Yes, sir. <clears throat> so first, when you look at when you look at, I'm gonna start with the wars. If you go for one, they have they still have their championship core. That says a lot. Yeah. Clay Thompson has also looked more like Clay Thompson the second half of the season than he did at the beginning. Then you also pair up the fact that, like, I think their regular season struggles really have come from the fact that they're bored during the regular season. And so, like, you get them guys, if you get those guys engaged and locked in during the playoffs, I think, and I honestly think, I also think it's just a a bad matchup because, like, Yes, I think it's one of those things where, like, yes, Jokic is going to get his numbers, but, like, everybody else is going to kind of get counseled out. Right. And, like, man, so, and then it's, like, you have Steph. And, like, to me, I know Jokic can do some amazing things, but Steph literally just put up 50 last night, and he put up 20 points in one quarter. And lost. And lost. But, like, it's, not, it's also very a very real fact that we can see Steph do the same thing in the playoffs and pull out a W. Right. So that's the Warriors side of the Lakers side is very similar in this. It's like you're going to get a healthy, motivated LeBron that's been playoff deprived in what, three years? Uh two. Two championship. Okay. Missed and then lost in the play in. Yeah. Alright. So you have that. Then you also have, in my personal opinion, and this even can really somewhat go down for the Warriors as well. If you line up roster for roster with the nug- with the Nuggets and the Lakers, outside of Yogi's. I wouldn't want nobody else on the Nuggets roster before I would want somebody on the Lakers roster. Like, I wouldn't want it. Um, I wouldn't want Jamal Murray 
before I want AB. I wouldn't want Jamal Murray, at least for this season. Yeah. I wouldn't want Jamal Murray before I take D-Lo. Yeah. Right now. Um, like, their most consistent player outside of Jokic has been Aaron Gordon. And, like, that tells you a lot. Yeah. So, I, I think it's very well possible that they, they'll get clipped by either one of those teams. Yeah. No, you and I... Yeah, we're in agreement, and I hate agreeing with Paul Pierce, but I think this has some merit. No disrespect to the Nuggets because they've had a great season, but it's just, like you said, the matchups just are not there. And Jokic is going to get his, but I think this will be the ultimate test of can Jokic help carry his guys against these other teams that have been here before, they've seen this movie before, and they're hungry. I don't, I don't think they'd be able to. But all right, let's go ahead and close the show out with our nightly game pick. Starting off with tonight's game with the Denver Nuggets and the Detroit Pistons. I got Nuggets. Hey, I can't say none. The Lakers just lost to the Rockets, so can't talk about nobody. Uh, Sacramento Kings versus the Brooklyn Nets. I got Nets. I got Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Toronto Raptors. I think I'm going to go Raptors. That's that's the always a determining factor. Um, Indiana Pacers versus the Milwaukee Bucks. I definitely got Bucks. And last but not least, the Orlando Magic versus the Phoenix Suns. I got Suns pulling it out and getting the win. All right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please sure to check out the export.net, our peep export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and previous export writers. Free episodes our lovely podcast, our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. Football fans, I should have my mock draft coming out within the next week or so. So be on the lookout for that. Um, And I'm trying to think, anything else? Anything you got? Anything you want to say? That's a terrific question. Um, I have no clue about either. Um, I hope they play next week. I mean, I have it. I have it set up where if they do come back, they game Monday against the Grizzlies. I'm going. Mm-hmm. But if they ain't coming back, I'm not going. Which makes total sense. Um, cause it was still a great game, but it's definitely a different atmosphere when Luca and Kyrie aren't playing. Um, so I'm not I'm not totally sure. Hope hopefully we'll know more closer to that game. So TBD on that. Um, last one. Uh, any free agents like holding the wall? Well, you a Steelers fan now. We're just gonna we just gonna claim that. Who do you want the Steelers to sign? Dream free agent signing. Still a lot of good players out there. Dream signing. Who you got? Yeah, I, I I almost said Bobby. Um, dream Baltimore signing. Honestly, I don't necessarily have a signing per se. Odell would be awesome, but that's like, yeah. Um, especially if he actually wants twenty mil a season, he could. He's out of his mind. Um, but I want D Hop. I want to make the trade for D Hop. I don't. If especially if we can get Arizona to eat some of that contract, I want D Hop. That would make my all season cool, especially because all this Lamar drama is stressing your girl out. But other than that, we shall see. And we will be back next week with another episode. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you all next time.